Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. And we have a great show planned for you today, folks, because we're paying tribute to one of Filmdom's great comic actresses, Madeline Kahn, who sadly passed away in December of 1999 when she was only 57 years old. But what a remarkable showbiz career she had. Although earning a degree in speech therapy and receiving training as an opera singer, Madeline became famous as a highly popular star of film, stage, and TV. And during the course of her illustrious career, she appeared in over 40 films and television shows, garnering two Oscar nominations and four Golden Globe nominations. She also won a Tony Award as Best Actress in a Broadway Production and a People's Choice Award in 1984 as Best New TV Performer, as well as a Daytime Emmy Award in 1987 for her outstanding performance in an after-school special. Now, Madeline's portrayal of a German seductress for hire in Blazing Saddles was appropriately named number 74 on Premier Magazine's list of the 100 greatest film performances of all time. Now, I shouldn't have said appropriately because I think it should have been much higher than that. In addition to Blazing Saddles, Madeline lent her considerable talents to such wonderful movies as Young Frankenstein, who can forget that one, High Anxiety, Paper Moon, Wonton Tan, the dog who saved Hollywood, and the adventures of Sherlock Holmes' smarter brother. Happily, film historian James Colt Harrison is here to help us honor this great star, and we're waiting for Nancy Lombardo uh, to call in. We hope she calls in a little bit later. Plus, George Bettinger has given permission to include a delightful interview he had with Madeline while she was working with Bill Cosby in their TV show. We have a lot to cover, so let's check with Nikki Starr to see if the chat is open. Nikki, are all systems going, our chat room? Yes, they are, and we are ready. Excellent. Thanks for taking such good care of our chatters, Nikki, and thanks to the people who sign up to chat. We really appreciate them, as well as our other listeners, of course. Plus, we also appreciate James for joining us again today. He's one of our favorite guests, so we're very, very happy that he could be with us again. It's always such fun to have him on the show. Uh, James, um, we know that you're, you're busy there in La Jolla. This is a busy, busy time for film critics, and you, after all, are the premier film critic for the La Jolla Village News. So how are things, how are things there in beautiful La Jolla? 
Well, they are exactly that. Beautiful. It's sunny and warm here in Southern California, and all you poor people living in the cold, just eat your heart out. Oh, <laughs> you, you really, you really hurt me with that one. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always so jealous about the beautiful weather that that you have there. But I, I am so happy you have time away from all those screeners that you're receiving uh, oh so that you can make your choices on uh, best film, best actor, best actress. Uh, when, are, when are the San Diego Film Critics Awards coming out? Is that process over yet? No, it's not over. We're still going through that whole thing. We're viewing three and four films a day until our eyes fall out. And we're making our preliminary choices right at the moment. And then I think our final choices will be next week, I think, next week, maybe. Oh, so so you'll be um you'll be letting us know or or one of the members of your group will be letting us know when the uh, when the awards are announced or at least oh, the nominations are announced. Oh, absolutely, yes, yes. We have lots of films to watch. I know, I know. Since I'm since I'm an honorary member of that group, <clears throat> I've been watching a lot of them too. So, well, um, I know that we're waiting for uh, Nancy to call. I, I hope that everything is okay with her. And uh, as you know, we've also invited Bill Cosby and Gene Wilder, who worked with um, Madeline, uh, to call in. Um, I haven't had any confirmation from them yet, but you never you never know. So Nikki is. Uh, screening any of the calls we get to make sure that if they call, um, we do have them on the show. But I think we should start out by hearing from uh, from Madeline herself, don't you, James? Oh, absolutely. I can't wait. (laughs) Me too. And this is all thanks to friend of the show, George Bettinger, who sent us an interview he had with Madeline while he was working with the Joe Franklin show. George, who hosts the mom-and-pop shop internet radio show now, wowed us with his impressions when he appeared on Movie Addict Headquarters a few months ago. As you listen to this revealing review, you'll hear how excited he was about talking with Madeline, and of course, who, would, who wouldn't be? And you'll also hear how charming and unassuming Madeline was in real life. Uh, but before playing the tape, I need to mention that there is a bit of static and you may need to turn down the volume at the beginning, but it's well worth these minor technical problems. The tape begins with George getting ready for the interview and then Madeline responding to his excellent questions. But I do believe before we start the tape that Nancy is here, so so let's uh, welcome her. Hi, Nancy. Welcome back to Movie Attic Headquarters. I love Movie Attic Headquarters. I bet he does. I was here. I just didn't know what you wanted me to call in. I was being nice and quiet. Well, you you don't need to be nice and quiet on this show. You're we're uh, honoring, uh, as you know, Madeline Kahn. And yes, when I knew that we were we were going to be doing that, I thought about you because. You remind me of Madeline Kahn in the way that you can do music and comedy together, where you whether you where you tie the two together. Oh, and of thank course, you. <laughs> and you're very welcome. And of course, you do uh, such a wonderful job hosting your comedy concepts show here on on Blog Talk Radio. And I thought you would be a perfect one to help us honor Madeline Kahn. So that's what we're going to do. And James Cold Harrison 
is on um, with us now too. So I was just giving the big build up here to uh, <laughs> George Bettinger for letting oh. us um, use use the interview. Now you know uh, George. In fact, that's how. Oh, I love the mom I, and pop shop. Yes. <laughs> and and that and he couldn't be with us because his show is on at the same time that ours is on. But we'll hear him. We'll hear him on this tape. So. Um, as you as you listen to it, you really are going to hear George uh, Benninger be his charming self, and, <laughs> and Madeline also. So I think what we'll do is just go ahead and play the interview, and then um, we'll get some reaction from you and uh, James, and then and then we'll just take it from there. So here is the interview by George Benninger of the fabulous Madeline Kahn. Four five. I just want to see how clear we are. Uh, give me a little sound check, Madeline. Um, yeah, well, you'll have to remind me what it is we were talking about. Down from five. Right. So you're going to ask me a question, right? Absolutely. Yeah, good. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Joe Franklin's Memory Lane. This is George Bettinger, your field segment reporter, with a very special guest this evening, Madeline Kahn. Madeline, hi. Hey, good evening. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. It's so great to have you here. Won't you sit down? I certainly will. (laughs) I have to tell you, I've been such a fan of yours um, over the years, and uh, the Mel Brooks pictures and and all the things that you've done, you've got to tell our audience a little bit about how you got, as Joe Franklin might say, how did you uh, get bitten or smitten, my dear, by the theatrical bug? Oh, um, how did I get... Gee, I guess, you know, I always was... um, uh, I always liked uh, fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, as a child. Yes. Um, uh, actually, it, actually, it all started with music. Now that I now that I think of it. Well, that's interesting. Yes, it is interesting. I think the first thing that turned me on, as they say, yes. um, was a record of classical ballet music, mm-hmm. and um, it's actually the Dance of the Hours, which we think of as the music behind Fantasia. Yes. Okay, but really what it is is the dance of the hours. Um, um, and now, did you hear that as a, as a I had girl? a record. Uh-huh. I had a record. Or my family had a record. Yeah. You know, and I, this is pre-speech. I mean, I was no young kidding. enough that I wasn't really speaking yet, maybe a word here or there. And I would just take the record and play it constantly and just go nuts, you know. <laughs> so when you were a little girl, you danced to... I, I, I don't... I probably danced, but I don't remember the dancing as much as, you know, the dance of the hours. It, it, it's all about dawn and how first it's very, very... Cool. The music, um, and the music uh, kind of pictures, if you will, uh, yes. the happening where first it's very, very quiet, which is the end of the nighttime, yes. and then the sun starts coming up, and then you have that burst of music. Exactly. You know, and as a kid, uh, the drama of that, I just, my mind would just go wild. It inspired it you. It did something to my mind, and um, and it just, I, I, all I can tell you is I just wanted to sort of be. So the music, in a way. Yeah. So that's and your that's your that, earliest recollection. Yes, it is my earliest recollection because it would have been 
um, because I just would run around saying Beckett, Beckett, meaning, you know, record, record. <laughs> and oh, so because great. it would have been long after that that I would have seen, you know, a movie of a Walt Disney movie. Of if course. I was going to a movie theater. Um, and that, of course, you know, just, and we didn't have TV no. when I was little. Those were the days of radio. Uh, I guess they were. I mean, some people had them, but not, they weren't common. You know, it's so funny, it's so amazing that, uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, my guest is Madeline Kahn, and I'm so happy to have her on Memory Lane. And I was discussing with Joe Franklin the, the birth of TV. I said, Joe, you know, you really started about 1951, and that was kind of like the birth of television. And now there's the birth of CD. It's amazing. You've crossed, uh-huh. he, He's crossed over. He's now, we have an internet page that's just amazing amazing on trivia and nostalgia, mm-hmm. and it's just fascinating. And ladies and gentlemen, when I had the good fortune to meet Miss Khan, we got into a little conversation about a great legend in show business named Eddie Cantor. And tell us that story, Madeline, what happened. Well, I, I thought that was so great. I don't know how we started the conversation. I mean, what the point of it was. But, yes. Um, uh, I was, I do remember making, so stop me if I'm on the wrong track, but I do remember making the observation that um, I was, uh, they were doing one of these marvelous uh, galas at Carnegie yes. Hall where mm-hmm. they were celebrating Irving Berlin. Yes, you're on the right track. Good, excellent, excellent. <laughs> um, and I was asked to be a part of it, and I was asked to sing a specific... First I thought, oh great, Irving Berlin. I mean, he, he wrote some of the most, you know, Wonderful. major tunes, yes. right? Anthems and marching, I mean, you know, heartfelt uh, marching things. God bless America. Yeah, it's, considered, God. it's considered the second national anthem. Really? Yeah. I know. So I was uh, thinking I'd be singing a nugget, as they say, one of those marvelous nuggets. Right. But they had something very specific in mind for me, and that was a song called You'd Be Surprised, which I had never heard. And they sent over a tape of it for me to hear, and it was uh, a rendition. It was Eddie Cantor, an old recording um, of him singing You'd Be Surprised. And, um, you know, at first I thought, well, I guess this is cute, but it's so silly. Why do I always have to sing the silly song? (laughs) Why do I have to be the one in Carnegie Hall when we're all dressed in formal attire Mm -hmm. and people are coming out and singing these rousing uh, (laughs) dramatic nuggets? Yes. Why do I have to be the idiot who comes out? Oh, because you're great. I'm explaining. I'm explaining. Right. And I thought, why do I have to be the one who does the silly one? Right. You know, you'd be surprised. And that's all you know what I mean. And, um, but I decided because they really liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, And it was for for, um, Channel 13, PBS. Right. Um, that I would do it, and I insisted on, by the way, using uh, a similar arrangement to the original, which is so old and wonderful and antique sounding, yeah. rather than something new and peppy. Exactly. And that really made the difference. But what the point of it all is, is that in the rather long and wonderful evening of many famous people coming out and singing things, mm-hmm. I came out and stood at the crook of the piano and sang this, what I thought was ridiculous song. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they loved it. It was like... You know, you don't get to try it out first in front of an audience when you do one of these galas. You simply go out and do it for the first time. <laughs> um, but it really, it it really was a highlight of the of the of the show and. Um, 
the audience, you know, which is a wonderful New York audience at Carnegie Hall, loved it. So I guess I, you know, I learn all the time. I'm reminded of how um, people really enjoy um, that a good combination of yeah. comedy and music. And you are so sensational at, at doing comedy and music. I have to ask you, as as a fan, what what's what are one of your favorite films that you've done over the years? Because you've made so many great movies. I mean, well, I Young Frankenstein, and, and, and of course that great Barbara Streisand movie, which What's is hilarious. Up? What's up, Doc? Yeah. Oh, is that my girlfriend and I watch that till it falls off the reel? I mean, yeah. we love it. Well, I, actually, the first four feature films that I did, the first four became real classics, and those were two of them, and the other two were Blazing Saddles and. Um, um, Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. What's up? And Paper Moon. That and was Paper Moon. Yes. Yeah. So and then you know, so I was kind of spoiled. I thought, oh, they're all going to be like this, and of course they're not all like this for anyone. I mean, you know, um, they, they kind of don't necessarily stay, you know, as as excellent. But um, but those are films for the time capsule, Madeline. Those oh are, yeah. Those are films that yeah. will be classics, and you know the way you and I and and all they of our very well, well. The way we talk about a night at the opera these days, and, and yes. you know that you are in movies that will be thought of years and years from now, and always be young and fresh and beautiful and hilarious. Yeah, that's wonderful. And it is really something special. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm speaking and chatting with Madeline Kahn, my very special guest on WOR's Memory Lane. You know, WOR stands for World of Radio, and we certainly are the most listened to overnight radio program. And uh, what, what do you have to say about your your friend Joe? Franklin, you know Joe. Uh, well, uh, gosh, um, uh, I don't know him very well, but I've certainly seen him over the years. Yeah. Uh, oh, I used to see him, actually. Didn't he used to be on TV, am I right? Right. Yes, that's when I saw him, yes, when he used to be on TV, uh -huh. now and again. But um, uh, I think it's marvelous when someone just keeps going and going and going. Well, and I'm working with someone now, as you know, Mr. Bill Cosby. Yes, you on are. On a television program, and, and he keeps going, too. Tell us a little bit about uh, working with Bill and how... and. Uh, uh, about the show. Tell us a little bit about the show. Oh, gee. Just, just, well, just, just in a nutshell. I'll just in tell a... you that it's on Monday night at 8 o'clock mm -hmm. on CBS, and um, it's, it's, it's about uh, um, this man who has reached this point in life, you know, uh, uh, approaching the age of 60 and the changes that... Um, One goes through. That, that happen in an, in an amusing way because he's a highly high-spirited person. Right. And the people that are he's surrounded by in his life. And, um, you know, I think it's a very funny show, and people seem to love it a lot. I love it. I um, love it. It's a great show. And, ladies and gentlemen, I have to thank Madeline for joining us. She's busy. She's at the Kaufman Astoria Studios where they're constantly taping. Yes. And she's taken this time to be so kind and to talk to us on Memory Lane. Madeline, thank you very much. You're most welcome. And it was such a pleasure speaking with you, and hopefully we'll do it again soon. Okay. All right? Yeah. Thanks, dear. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Now, hang on one second, Madeline. I just want to check if I... Oh, my gosh. What a treat to hear Madeline herself on this tribute to her. Thanks again to George for giving us permission to air that terrific interview and, and also to uh, Nikki and Danny and Demos for working on making it available for our listeners. Nancy, um, you know George and um, I know you're a fan of Madeline Kahn's. Do you have any reactions to the interview that you'd like to share with us? In that 
she was one of those rare people who you could tell just by, I mean, I was a big fan from anything she did. She just held the screen. You just wanted to watch her. She could stand there and you would just want to see what she was going to do next. But I think you got a genuine sense of someone who loved being in the business, who loved what they were doing from that interview, that she was nice to George. And, and you don't have to be, as you and I know that a lot of celebrities aren't when you're doing interviews, uh, that she was nice and gracious and, and, and very charming. So uh, I, I think that's, that's a lot of her personality just it pops off the screen, you know. I think so too. And what about you, James? Any any reactions to actually hearing Madeline and George talking together? Well, it was nice to hear Madeline again because I've missed her since she's been gone. Uh, I think she's such a great uh, comic actress. Sort of, uh, well, her her work is sort of like in the camp style of comedy. She's very fay and and wild and and crazy, and she does wonderful accents and and she just captures the the comedic uh, uh, part of the scene. She's wonderful. And uh, on a side note, uh, one time I had talked to one of Eddie Cantor's grandsons, oh. and he yeah, he told me that Eddie Cantor had written the. Looney Tunes melody that you see on the cartoons for Porky Pig and Bugs uh-huh. Bunny. I didn't know that. I thought that was uh, an interesting uh, thing to find out that he actually wrote that song, and the the family still gets royalties from it <laughs> to <Well>, this day. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them, and I I sort of like what you said about uh, the sort of campy campy side of uh, comedy. But as I was listening to that interview, one of the things that stood out for me was um, Madeline's comments about the song she was required to sing at that Irving Berlin um, <laughs> yes. gala. Yeah, and it's called, remember she said you'd be surprised, and she said it was just, it was one of Berlin's silly uh, silly songs, but then it was quite a hit there when she when she sang it, and of course I've always loved it. it when I was in high school, my girlfriends and I, we used to make fun of our our boyfriends by singing that song. <laughs> and the lyrics, you know, of course, I can't sing at all. I have the one. Well, how does one it note. go, Betty Jo? One Don't leave voice. Well, 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 now, the lyrics are, he's not much in a crowd, but when you get him alone, you'd be surprised. He's not so good at a dance, but then when he brings you home, you'd be surprised. At a party or at a ball, I have to admit, he's nothing at all, but in an easy chair. You'd be surprised. Well, now, if you want, <laughs> if you want to see and hear Madeline do that number, it is on YouTube. So uh, it's just, it's just so. Funny I, I can imagine it. her doing it. You'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Then at the end, she says, she says, really. <laughs> She adds her own little touch to that song, and I hope well, I think she uh, added her own touch. Don't, I, I, I think, uh, don't you both agree that she did add her own touch to everything she did? Oh, she did. But Nancy. she made yeah. every song her own. I mean, when you think about it, Betty Joe and and George, uh, I'm trying to sorry your name, um, but when you think about it, every uh, I mean James, uh, is that every song she did, you can only envision her doing. Right, right. The song that she did in in Blazing Saddles, it was uh, sort of yes. parodying Marlena. I've Marlena. been with thousands of men again and again. They promise the moon. They start with Byron and Shelley, then jump on your belly and bust your balloon. 
<laughs> I'm tired, tired of love, uninspired. Let's face it, honey, I'm just tired. <laughs> that was her own, you know. <laughs> that was her touch. I can't envision anyone else doing her. Is oh, that I can she... imagine you doing it. <laughs> well, yeah. okay. Yeah, you've just done it very well. I see what I mean about me thinking about Nancy Lombardo and Madeline Kahn together. That was really, that was a great rendition. And, and and also, don't you both agree how sultry she could make herself? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. She was. It was just like uh, unbridled uh, sex below the surface. <laughs> well, well, this is the thing. She was she was a very attractive woman, and and I find that. Uh, Pretty women can be hysterically funny because you don't expect them to be. And I've always enjoyed uh, beautiful women doing comedy. I think the two go hand in hand. Oh, yes, and yeah. I, and any, even in Paper Moon, when she it wasn't a, a really a singing part, but when she turned to Tatum O'Neill, she was just getting tired of the kid getting in her way. And she said, give me a break, kid. <laughs> 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 That's, that's exactly right. That's, that's but exactly she just right. could deliver a line. You, you, I, I miss that. When you think of the movie stars today, I miss that, that they could say one line and it would stay with you as you would be quoting it all the time. Well, that's, that's in the writing, of course, and I, I don't think we have witty writers as we did in the old days. I, I hate to keep saying the, the films in the 30s and 40s were wittier than they are today, but I think that's true. They were. It's true, it's true. It's true, it's true. It's true, it's true. I know. Well, I I agree with you, you uh, James, about the, about the writing. We're we're into so many movies with special effects and uh, a, a kind of uh, the shock and awe. Yeah, I call of, them explosion of movie movies. making. So we're, we kind of, we do miss uh, the the type of movies that Madeline Kahn was in, and I we've we've been kind of uh, answering one of our questions that I that I wanted us to cover is why Madeline Kahn was such a popular funny lady on film. But I want to make sure that we 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 uh, we get all of the responses there that uh, that you want to want to say. Um, Nancy, anything else to add about yes. that? Why you thought uh, oh, she? Oh, of course. I think she was, a, like you said, the actors today. You have a lot of actresses who are very talented, but rarely do you find such a combination of someone who can sing and act. And I think, uh, I believe, um, her her Tony. She won a Tony for a non-musical performance in uh, Wendy Wasserstein's The Sisters Rosenzweig. Yes, and that was not musical. That was her acting. But I really feel what what made her a standout, and, and I don't know if James will agree. What made her a standout performer to me was her commitment to character and taking it one notch up. Yes, good point. Good point. How about you, James? Anything you'd like to add about why you think Madeline was so popular on films? Well, again, I agree with Nancy because she did have the, she was a, what they call a triple threat. She could do everything. And possibly one actress today, Anne Hathaway, probably oh, yes. has that. She's she's going to be doing Les Mis as her next film, and she'll have to sing in that, of course. And she can do comedy, and uh, and she's pretty, and so she's one example. But they're few and far between today, I think. But she's like a pretty young example. To me, she's my hero because she was uh, Madeline Kahn was the middle-aged example. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> young Absolutely. people, young skinny people, I have no truck with. You know what I'm saying here? I you know, young I skinny, skinny people. people. <laughs> I said, true. give me, give me, give me a real woman who can act and sing and do everything. That's what. That's talent. There you go. You're not. You're not just sliding on your skinny skills. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would say Sophia Loren, but she doesn't sing. That's right. She tried to. Not as well. Not as well. Yeah. Well, I think that the um, it's that eccentricity and uh, that came across with her and and the tongue in cheek nature of her acting that really really sets sets her apart from uh, from others. <laughs> and she just I'm, I keep thinking of this one scene where um, she was with Gene Wilder, and uh, it was in Young Frankenstein, and she, they're, at the, they're at the train station. Of course, she plays, uh, she plays his fiancé, and I think they're, they're saying goodbye because he's going somewhere, maybe to a conference or something. I can't remember, but I remember that they're trying to show how much they, you know, they love each other. And um, he starts to put his arms around her, and she says, the hair, the hair. <laughs> so he has to take his arms not away. Not the hair, not the hair. Uh, not the hair. So then the he hair, puts his hair. arms around her, around her waist, and she says, the taffeta, the taffeta. He says, what, what taffeta? Of course, it's the dress that's getting messed up. Then he starts to hold her hands, and she says, the nails, the nails. <laughs> and then they're ending up, I think, saying goodbye by touching elbows or something. And, and she was just, I mean, absolutely... Uh, it was tongue in cheek, but it was you believed it. You know, you believed her character. You believed uh, that. You believed as, as an actress and comedian, that's what I mean. Her commitment to character. There was no, this is ridiculous. I shouldn't be doing this. This is, oh yeah, I'm doing this and I'm kicking it up. Even when she yeah. was on the Muppets, she was on the Muppets. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. <laughs> I I had uh, I had to check that out because. Uh, we did a Muppet Mania show, so I, I did see the little clip of her on the Muppet show, and I had forgotten about that, and she was great with the Muppets, had great rapport with the Muppets. Well, what uh, films would you say and performances would be your your favorites, your all-time favorites of, well, of Madeline Kahn? So hard. Nancy, James or I, Nancy, whoever wants to start? Well, I, you know what? I mean, I think I must have, for one thing, for sheer going down in history uh, as a one-of-a-kind film, Blazing Saddles, as uh, such the, the writing, the directing. Um, uh, uh, Richard Pryor was uh, the writer on that, wasn't he also? And um, I think so, I think, yeah. Yes, I believe so. And uh, But the fact that's one, uh, what's up, Doc? <laughs> is with yeah. Ryan O'Neill again, just playing, uh, you know, the the character. And, and I would say if I had to pick three, and then Paper Moon. <laughs> and those those three, yes, those yes. are good, definitely good choices. How how about you, James? Well, I, I would pick those as well, but I, I think Young Frankenstein is the all time campy movie. <laughs> it's so yeah. it's so over the top and and so funny, and and I think each actor in the in the film is being serious, but they're not sure that they're funny. I mean, they don't know that they're funny. And I, I find that's always the, the funniest way to do comedy is to not even know you're funny, and but you come out that way. Such uh, as, you know who used to do that, James? You know who used to do that? It was very, who, played comedy well as a straight person. Who? Cary Grant. Absolutely. Yes, he could. Yes. He, he never and, and told his jokes. Trick, or, 
he said his thing. They said, how do you come off so funny? If you watch him in any films, much like Madeline Kahn, when someone else is moving or talking, she does not move. They give them their full right. attention. He's perfectly still. And, and he looks like the one who's funny. Yep. Yeah. Without, but it's because they're focusing on the other performer. A I think you're, I think yeah. you're right about that. Well, I, I was uh, uh, wondering, you know, just what people uh, other than other than uh, than the three of us thought about the best films. And so, of course, I did ask my friends on Facebook, and we we got some interesting responses. And I, I want to thank thank these people for uh, responding to my question. Chris Manziel picked a picked a What's Up Doc, and that one's already been mentioned. And uh, he said that it was. Uh, that she had a wonderful, she, it was a wonderfully eccentric role that she played in that in that movie. And I think that was her first one. And uh, he's, Chris says that she is was such a great talent who could throw convention out the window, and that uh, she had uh, very few rivals at being able to do that. And then Neil Manning picked uh, Young Frankenstein instead, but he agreed with Chris's wonderfully eccentric comment and Pat McDermott picked Pat McDermott I'm sorry picked Young Frankenstein he said she clearly had fun with that with that one yeah. I have to agree and Sharon the story lady picked Young Frankenstein but then Fausta Wirtz went with uh, one of my favorites and it's already been mentioned uh, Blazing Saddles she likes <laughs> she said she, that was on cable last week she said I laughed and laughed at it it's True, from one of the funny uh, lines that uh, that. Oh, uh, another funny line in the movie was, "Tell me something. Are you in show business? And get your friggin' feet off the stage." <laughs> well, that's true. That was definitely good. That was definitely good. Uh, good writing. Uh, absolutely good writing. Well, we probably should check with uh, Nikki to see if there are any. Um, performances or movies that uh, the people in the chat are mentioning. Nikki? They just must be enthralled because they're not answering my questions. And there are oh, several not people in, in there. <laughs> they haven't picked a, they haven't picked no. a favorite yet. No, and I'm I'm fixing to get really mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're Don't probably, get Nikki I'm mad. Yeah, yeah. I love her. Uh, Young Frankenstein is in my probably my top 20 movies of all time. Ever. Good. And I think that she, I don't know, she just is, was amazing. I mean, she's just so sweet in that interview, and it just, she just was amazing. amazing. I agree. I definitely agree. That, uh, that's excellent choice, the young Frankenstein. I, that's, that's one of my favorites. Uh, plus, high anxiety, because that was yes. a, uh, such a wonderful parody of the Alfred Hitchcock movies, especially Vertigo, and she was just excellent in that, and uh, Blazing Saddles, of course, and I loved uh, Sherlock Holmes's Smarter Brother, which uh, Gene Wilder wrote, as well as a co-starred in with her, and not too many people mentioned that, but I saw that on Turner Classic Movies, I believe it was, a couple of weeks ago, and that really just is a funny back then i mean it's funny now as it was back then um she she just was was great in all of these um gene wilder and and mel brooks she was in a series of, of, of as you said totally groundbreaking movies for the time 
Absolutely. Totally, I mean, all of those movies, like, what? You're, make, you're making fun of Frankenstein? What? You're making fun of a Western and, and race? What? <laughs> you know? You're, you're in a movie with Barbara Streisand and, uh, yes, Alfred Hitchcock. And her, uh-huh. her chat, she was in some all, yes, I love High Anxiety. High Anxiety, whenever you're near. High Anxiety, oh. it's you that I fear. <laughs> that was so terrific. Good. <laughs> when she's on the phone in that in that movie, when she's answering the phone, and, and somebody's getting beat up. I mean, I said, Mel Brooks getting beat beat up on the uh, in the phone booth trying to call her, <laughs> getting beat up, and he's going, Oh, uh, uh, she thinks it's somebody deep breathing. Yes, <laughs> yes, oh yes. So why are you calling? And by the time the phone the, the phone call is over, and the <laughs> He's just totally beat up, and she's into it. (laughs) What are you wearing? What are you wearing? Why? Yes. (laughs) Well, that's that's her her commitment to the character. When you watch her, I I, like I said, Anne Hathaway is good. Ella Enchanted. When she that was Anne Hathaway, I believe. Ella Enchanted, and her no Amy Adams. Amy Adams. No, Amy Adams was. I wouldn't. No, you know, I can't give it to Amy Adams. (laughs) Okay. In Enchanted. Uh, Ella Enchanted is the movie I'm Oh, Ella of. Enchanted. That Ella. was yes, that yes. that was uh, Anne Hathaway, right? Yes, and that, and who knew that she's such a great singer and dancer too? But again, when a woman isn't the stereotypical beauty, uh, James, if you agree, that's yes. stereotypical to me, then I'm like, yeah, <laughs> one for my team. <laughs> So when right. she comes off as, and she puts on a fur or it's like because she wasn't a tall woman. No, no, she wasn't. Not no. And uh, but do we know how tall she was? Was she like five eight or something? No, I don't think she was that tall. Not I that. Mean, I don't think so no, either. We'll we'll have to check on on IMDb. We'll have to but check I, her I was height. wondering. I I wanted us to pick the maybe her uh, the co-star that sh- that you thought. Did the best work with her? Which one did did you think, uh, Nancy? Ooh, <laughs> threw it to me first, James. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, she she did so well with with everybody who was in the movie. I think, my my opinion, she was such a consummate performer. She made everyone look good. Without well, that's a better way of steal, putting it. Yes. <laughs> she made everyone look good. And I think that is probably why she was so requested. Yes, I because, think so. Because they were going, oh, I want to play against her. I'm going to look good. You know, she's 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 a giver. Oh yeah. And exactly. and and professionals appreciate that. They they they. I think she was the kind of person that probably would step back and let. She didn't need the spotlight like a lot of people did. No, she no. just did her job. She was a true craftsman that way. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to pick one. Absolutely, I I thought that she was just uh, I couldn't pick between uh, Mel Brooks and and Gene Wilder. I thought that her rapport with those two was just absolutely fantastic. And she had uh, I think it's maybe because they're they have that wonderful eccentricity in in them. Like she had in her, and then and it just gelled. So those would be the two well, two stars. For me, that as, I as a as a writer of comedy, and and I've written for television. And when you're writing for somebody, you just like to write for someone who you can give them something, and you know they're going to be fine with it, and not not going to say, oh, I can't do this. 
Because as a writer, you want to say, I have this great idea. She's over the top. She's voluptuous. And they go, okay, that's who you want to work with? Yeah, yeah, sure. Somebody who's brave. I think some somebody has somebody uh, is answering Nikki's question, so I think she's calmed down. Nikki, are there some <laughs> responses now in the chat room that that you'd like to share with us? Uh oh, I see. see the chat. Can you see the chat room? I see, I see that that I see that Kioska Jekka uh, talks about Judy Berlin and Clue. That those are two uh, movies that um, that should be mentioned, and and we haven't really mentioned them. But I cannot believe how fast the time has gone today. This has been such fun. I I just could. I mean, we don't have enough time to cover everything that we wanted to cover. But I I want to thank you so much, James and Nancy, for being such great guests again today. And I encourage oh, everyone. Yes, I encourage everyone to check out Nancy's um, <laughs> comedy concepts, and she has some very funny CDs. That, oh yes, um, comedy concepts, Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> check exactly. me out. Exactly. You can order them at mommedycomedy uh, at gmail.com. But I wanted to give you one quick quote before you end. It's from Madeline that I found. And, oh, good. Uh, okay, and it said, I would like to be remembered for being liked. I always try to put my best foot forward because I'm glad to meet you, no matter who you are. Oh, how sweet. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's That definitely sounds like uh, like Madeline, like I think Madeline Kahn <laughs> would be. And yeah. uh, that's a wonderful, she's wonderful quote. Putting her best, because she's glad to meet you, no matter who you are. So that, I think, just says it all about her. I think it does, too. Well, I want to thank you again. I um, I want to have both of you on again, so you'll be hearing from me. And I want to thank George Bettinger for letting us use the Madeline Kahn interview. Thanks to Nikki and Danny and Demos for all their help, as well as to our chatters and other listeners. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. Please come back next time when we revisit A Christmas Story, one of our favorite holiday films. And don't forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E, realtalkreviews.com. And I'm, I'm going to give a... Um, plug here to my book Confessions of a Movie Addict and and ask uh, listeners to consider ordering a copy either the paperback or the ebook which is on Amazon's Kindle store I think that um, Confessions of a Movie Addict would be a wonderful gift for the movie fans on your shopping list and remember that my author's royalties Go to the Film Foundation, Martin Scorsese's nonprofit group founded to help with film preservation. This is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support and for featuring this episode on today's Yay! homepage. Yay, we really Yay. appreciate Again. it. Again. <laughs> Yay. And your books are great stocking stuffers. The books are great stocking stuffers. I've read them both. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nancy. That's all for now, movie fans. Here's Brian Ferry to take us out with a reminder about the great films and stars of the past, including the fabulous Madeline Kahn. You must remember this, a kiss is still a kiss, a sigh is just a sigh. As time goes by 
They still say I love you On that you can rely No matter what the future brings As time goes by Moonlight and love songs Never out of day Hearts full of passion Jealousy and hate Woman needs man And man must have his name That no one can deny It's still the same old story A fight for love and glory A case of do or die The world will always welcome lovers As time Fight for love and glory, a case of do or die. 